Hi. Hello. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English podcast, the place to be for anyone who wants to watch more movies or read more books, but doesn't quite know where to start. Uh, this is episode 160. And uh, we're doing a, a rewatch week this week, a movie that we have both already seen yep. a while ago. And yeah. uh, we're, we watched it again and we're going to talk about it and uh, kind of how it, how it fits into new context since the last time we've seen it, I guess, <laughs> at least in this one's case. Uh, but we watched The Perks of Being a Wallflower from 2012. Indeed. Directed by, uh, I don't know how to say his name. I think it's Chopsky. 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 Who yeah. I think is who he wrote the he, book. He did write yeah. the book. Yeah. I have stuff to say about that later, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. Um, but first, how has your week been? Uh, it's been okay. Many ups and downs. Mm -hmm. um i subbed a lot this week in different classes and i've decided that subbing fourth grade is my favorite um fourth fourth graders are like independent enough to kind of be like well behaved and do their stuff you know but they also still like fear authority and are interested (laughs) in me being there fifth graders do not fear authority whatsoever um and third graders are the absolute worst (laughs) yeah fourth grade is kind of the the prime spot i subbed a fourth grade class a couple days ago and as soon as i walked in i like smiled and waved at everybody and then this little boy walked up to me and he went excuse me miss you have very pretty teeth (laughs) and i was like thank you so much it's really nice they were all very sweet kids Um, some of the classes that I said this week were horrible though. Also, I had to go back to the hospital. Uh, just, I think that was actually yesterday. Um, I, so I have, I still have my like ruptured appendix within my body, you know? So if I have any weird symptoms, I have to report them to my appendix, appendix doctor just in case. So Mm. yesterday I had like a rash (laughs) all over my body and like really bad stomach pain. So I reported that to my appendix doctor and then a nurse from the hospital called me and she was like, you need to come in for a CAT scan right now. And I was like, Oh my God. So I go back there and get a CAT scan and I hung out there like all day long. And then it turned out I'm just allergic to amoxicillin. It didn't have anything to do with my appendix. Mm. I was just having an allergic reaction to the antibiotics that they have me on because I've been on them for like three weeks. Yeah. So <laughs> and this is the first time that anything bad happened with that. Yeah. Um. They said that like I'm only mildly allergic to them. And now since I've just been on them, been on like heavy antibiotics for three weeks at this point. My body's just like responding to it very badly. Starting so to wear on, on you. Yeah. I'm not on those anymore. And now I have to have probiotic foods every meal of the day so that my body can recover from the effects of the antibiotics. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it just sort of feels like this whole deal is a very much like two steps forward, one step back type of situation, you know? I see. 
But uh, yeah. Also, I went to a crawfish boil this week and that was really fun. Um, I my boyfriend has his my boyfriend's family has his, these like family friends who are from Louisiana, from New Orleans, mm. and they host this annual crawfish boil where they like import the crawfish from Louisiana. And they cook them on their grill, which survived Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> they moved it out here. Incredible. Awesome. <laughs> so that was a really good time. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, typical. Week. <laughs> How was yours? Just another week in the life. For real. Uh, I had a pretty great week, I think. Oh, good. That's awesome. Um, I talked about how I was starting two different jobs and I started both of them. Nice. So that's been pretty cool. How are um, you liking them? Working out on the wall. It is so nice. Such a cool, nice job. That's awesome. I'm so Maybe the best job I've ever had. Wow. Because I get you- paid a lot of money to do super satisfying work and just get to hang out in Fiddler's Green when it's empty and just kind of have the run of the place and kind of just I don't know. I'm really enjoying it though. That is really awesome. And the the company is super cool. Good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're putting up the living wall at Fiddler's Green, which is some plants in an arrangement that makes a nice little pretty picture <laughs> with different plants. I can't wait to see it when it's all finished. Yeah. We're already done with one of, there's four different walls and we're pretty much done with one of them. Um, there's just like one type of plant that we don't have yet. And that's the only thing missing from one wall. Gotcha. And uh, got a lot of work done on the next one to, uh, today, earlier. So Sweet. Yeah, it's going to be a quick job and, and lots of work every day, but I'm really enjoying it so far and getting paid handsomely for the <laughs> endeavor. Good. You deserve it. Yeah, it's fun. And then I'm also, I started on Tutor.com earlier Woo-hoo. this week and... <laughs> scheduled some times i'm actually doing one later today and i think that has the 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 chance to be also pretty uh rewarding um but also maybe not just depends on who you get i guess have you had like some people that were hard to work with so far well it was it's more just like some people just i don't know if they realize like it's a real person or something i don't know someone just copy pasted their entire essay in and was like is this plagiarism (laughs) and i was like i do not know how to answer this (laughs) so i tried to kind of you know talk with them and then they got i don't know if they got frustrated or just uh i don't know what the deal was but then they just left halfway through so weird i think as long as like the kid is trying to learn something then it can be super cool but so far i've already had a couple fun ones where it's like yeah, I want to help you out, you know. Nice. That's awesome. Um so yeah, it's it I think I'm hoping that that will continue to be cool. I'm probably going to work more on it once the wall is finished. Um 
and do more subjects because how it works is you just you sign up for subjects and i only did three at first because they're the ones i felt the most comfortable with mm. uh, but i think if i add more uh, it'll go a bit better because so far i've had to wait in the lobby for a while before i someone needed help that was in my area of expertise i guess gotcha. um but the yeah if I add more, then maybe I'll get some more traffic and uh, get to brush up on different stuff. Because I think that'll be cool, too, is to kind of make sure that I know uh, the stuff that I've learned, that it stays in the head. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> totally. they say they say that uh, you learn best by teaching someone else. So True. I think if I'm if I'm keeping keeping sharp like that, then I'll remember stuff, which is always nice. Yeah, totally. Um, I also went to a grad party this weekend on Saturday. Nice. And it was so much fun. I got <laughs> to see a lot of people that I really like that uh, I don't see too often. Um, and it was just a super, super nice time. And I'm still happy about it two days later here today. So, Yay. Yeah. You're here. So I think it's been a, a pretty good week. Nothing to complain about. Nice. Ta-da. <laughs> um, so after doing lots of thinking, this is before we get into the movie, about our director stuff. Oh, yeah. I've done um, some soul searching and researching. <laughs> um, and soul researching, too, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what that would entail, but uh, I think I've come up with two different options that I think I personally would like better than doing the Coen brothers. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll present each of them to you and then you can decide what we're going to do. Okay. Um, if it's the Coen brothers, that's cool too. It'll still be fun. <laughs> um, okay. So the other two that I'm thinking about are Stanley Kubrick Ooh. and Paul Thomas Anderson. Ooh. So let me pitch my case for each of them. I'll start with Stanley okay. Kubrick, um, who is seems to be very unique in that he's kind of like a legendary director um, mm -hmm. that has not super limited, but fairly limited body of work um, in all very different kind of genre like he never seemed to retread the same ground in any two of his movies it seems like to me um and the vast majority of them are pretty much considered classics mm. um there's a few i've seen i realized looking at this that i've seen a good amount and uh kind of hand in hand with that is the fact that the ones that I haven't seen are ones that I probably should see because it's like, <laughs> it, it, it seems that all of his, all of his movies are important. So I think that would be a good one. Um, and one that would, since they're all kind of so well-regarded, it would warrant some pretty fun discussion between yeah. tiers. Cause I think there's a, there's a possibility that our, that our tier rankings would be um, pretty vastly different. Hmm. How many movies does he have? Okay. So, 11 that are kind of um, the main ones, I guess. And then before any of those, there's a couple that are about an hour long. I don't know how easy or hard they would be to find. Okay. Um, 
that seem to not be as good. So, <laughs> okay. So maybe probably 11 that we would list and then some other ones that if we can get to, we could throw in there for fun and talk about. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and I think that's a pretty good number. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then Paul Thomas Anderson. I love Paul Thomas Anderson. Super cool dude. He has less movies, but they're all super long. Looks yeah. like nine. Okay. Um, but that doesn't feel short to me because it, it seems like most of his movies are long. Gotcha. Um, realizing now, or looking now, I realize that I've seen more than half of those nine. I've seen five of the nine. I believe I have also seen more than half. Um, but this one feels specifically super fun to me because I don't know how I feel about PT Anderson because <laughs> I've I, I'm very divided with myself on that and I think that if I watch all of his movies you know around the same time uh-huh that I'll get to explore how I feel about him and <laughs> and really kind of decide and uh, be like very definitive on it, and that's one that gotcha. that's interesting to me because I at this point like I, I really don't know how to how to classify <laughs> my feelings about a lot of his movies, um, I and I think it would just be fun because all of them seem like very big projects mm-hmm. as well. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, I'm leaning towards my preference being Paul Thomas Anderson because it feels more accessible to me because there are slightly less movies and I've seen a lot of them. Mm. So it just would be a little bit less of a challenge, I think to get them all watched. Okay. Um, and I also just think I would have more fun with it. Cause I already know that I really like Paul Thomas Anderson yeah. and I've been wanting to like round it out anyway and finish up watching all of his stuff. Um, yeah, so that one just sounds a little bit more fun and a little bit more doable for me. Okay. But I also really do want to see more Stanley Kubrick stuff because The Shining is in like my top five favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely seen less of his movies than I've seen Paul Thomas Anderson. So that one would probably be more challenging for me, but also maybe more like rewarding. I don't, I don't know, because it'd guess. be some new stuff for me. So I could definitely go either way, but I do think PTA is my preference. All right. I think let's go with that. Um, okay. Because I just think that would be interesting and would do lots of discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Because I think with, St- with Stanley Kubrick, at least it's like, you know, what are you going to do with Stanley Kubrick? Right. <laughs> like, I, I think it would be fun to kind of deal with, you know, what goes in what tier because you can't put uh-huh. everything just like in the, the top ones. Um mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I'm fine with that. With the cool. doing, PTA. I'm really excited for you to finally watch Boogie Nights now too. Because yeah, I'm you to watch that. For I've a been wanting time. to wanting to watch that one for a while, and uh, yeah, and I'm just super inconsistent on on how I feel about some of his movies. Like I remember watching Inherent Vice, and was like, uh, I don't know about this one, and then <laughs> decided I liked it later. And I really liked Licorice Pizza, and I saw it in the theaters, and and was like, this is cool. And then it seems like no one else really likes it that much. Yeah. Um, this will be interesting. I, so, I think we will have very different rankings. So that'll be fun. Yeah. 
cool. All right. Sounds good. Let's plan on that. And we can start th- start thinking about it. Um, maybe we should have done that after we talked about the movie, but oh, well, <laughs> uh, let's get into to the, the main portion of our pod today now. Um, yeah. So we decided to watch The Perks of Being a Wallflower this week. Mm-hmm. It is a movie that both of us seen when we were younger. Yes. I feel that this movie was actually like a very much a cultural touchstone when I was in high school or maybe this movie and like in combination with the book, like a lot of people when I was in the early years of high school, were reading this book and watching this movie and getting tattoos of the infinity symbol Mm. (laughs) and listening to um, come on Eileen. (laughs) They all became, that was a very, big deal so yeah this was a i don't know a very memorable one for me i guess even though yeah. I it so long. A, a culturally relevant uh movie yeah i agree for for our kind of generation mm-hmm. i guess i don't know if i i kind of fell in with that quite as much if i have those memories of remembering <laughs> reading it and stuff but i do remember when it came out and i watched it a bit later um after it came out when i was kind of in Maybe the later years of high school. I don't remember when exactly I saw it, but uh, um, yeah. So we decided to revisit it now and uh, look at it with adult eyes, I guess, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, which I thought was super rewarding and fascinating. This was a very interesting watch for me. Um, I usually ask you to start out to talk about it and I think I still will, but I just might cut (laughs) you off and jump in at any point because I have uh, some stuff i want to say about it but uh, okay <laughs> but uh, yeah how did you how did you feel about this one watching it again now um i liked it a lot more than i expected to i kind mm, of went into it thinking that i i don't know i guess i was sort of expected to feel like Oh yeah, like I I guess I understand why this resonated with me and so many other like high schoolers, but as a grown-up like I, it's like cringy, I think is what mm. I I yeah. Um but it was a little more timeless than I expected it to be. There were definitely some lines that I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I wish that you did not say that or write that or whatever." Uh-huh. Um, but there was it was just less than I went into it expecting. And I feel like it captures like a really authentic feeling around high school and kind of growing up um, and just being in that sort of like transition phase, I guess. Um, I really felt like it so accurately captured the feeling of graduating, like the just kind of like excitement around, but also fear around like what's coming next and stuff. and. I don't know. So it was, it was, I got more out of it than I expected to. And it like genuinely reminded me of my own adolescence, uh, which was fun. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I, I kind of had a very similar experience about, you know, not really, they're kind of maybe expecting to, to cringe a, a, a little bit. Um, and I did. Yeah. And I thought that was a good thing. <laughs> really? Um, uh, the way that I would put it is that it feels like uh, a, a movie that maybe I've I've grown out of in some ways a little yeah. bit, but at the same time, I don't begrudge it for that. Yeah. Uh, because I think there's a few lines that I kind of rolled my eyes at now that I remember thinking was cool when I saw it before. 
Totally. And I think that that experience is so, was so cool. Like that was honestly very cool to see for me. It was like, this is <laughs> such a movie that's like, it, it just encapsulated like how I feel about high school and some of, some of the, the, the feelings and emotions associated. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I feel like uh, I, I grew out of it in some ways. I would, is how I'd put it. Mm-hmm. And, but that's the the cool part of it. I don't know. No, I really agree. Cause it, it just feels like such a moment in time. Like it just, I wouldn't want it to be better or less corny than this because mm-hmm. then it wouldn't have felt so authentically high school. Like mm-hmm. the, the stuff that these kids are appreciating and saying and stuff is like, yeah, <laughs> that is very much how high schoolers talk yeah. to each other, things that high schoolers value and stuff. So I, I don't know. I just liked that about it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. things that you think are cool and then you kind of realize later you know aren't doesn't doesn't remain cool but still kind of gets tied to that uh time i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i thought that that was just a super cool experience that i had watching it um because i remember it, it felt very true to being like um you know, early on in high school and having some older friends and stuff and kind of, you know, seeing the world open up a little bit and um, looking at it from the perspective of all the people that are older in this movie are very young and small to you in real life now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, I found it pretty interesting and just kind of how, maybe a little bit sad in some ways too of like, I remember when I felt things this big and mm-hmm. I don't have as big of feelings uh, as uh, that I do now. And so that's like another kind of way that I felt like grown out of it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, the, the longer it went on, the kind of more I appreciated it. Yeah. And uh, I thought the watch was was super rewarding. I'm glad we decided to watch this. It was, it was I'm cool, glad too. Cool kind it of was, thing. Yeah, it was really fun to revisit it. Also, even though I was kind of, uh, I don't know, like belittling <laughs> like how much people uh, liked this when it first came out when I was in high school and stuff. Um, I also don't want to like downplay the importance of some of what it said like it really does have some i don't know it it discusses some things i guess that are really pretty intense and i don't think it does it badly or insensitively at all even though i think it's like perfectly appropriate you know for high schoolers and it feels very high school i feel like it also still does a really good job of um talking about some of this like really intense stuff and it also honestly like said some things that were really helpful and meaningful to me and my group of friends uh at the time that we read this like in our adolescence and stuff like that line about um accepting the love that you think you deserve that really went a long way in my friend group of you know adolescent girls who are trying to figure out dating and like boys who are mean to you and stuff I like that's not a bad line or a bad sentiment at all. I feel like it'd be easy to poke fun at things like that now because it feels sort of I don't know, young and like oversimplified maybe, but it also I don't know, sometimes just saying a simple thing like that is what a teenager needs to hear, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think, I think a night, a really good line like that, I think kind of gets taken out of, out of context and in, in, on itself doesn't mm-hmm. like just kind of maybe loses some, some meaning, but I think kind of the way that it's used in this movie mm-hmm. shines through. And I think just like the message behind it, you know, is, I don't know. I, there, I think there is a lot of a lot of good stuff being said in this one, and uh, I wanted to make a point about this director. This is I, I've talked a lot about, and I still don't know like if I can say this because I haven't read any of the actual original works. But mm-hmm. uh, I talked about how uh, Katsuhiro Otomo and Hayao Miyazaki directed movies that they wrote a full manga for, uh-huh. um, and. This kind of feels like in a similar lane where the guy who wrote the book um, wrote and directed the movie for it, Stephen Chomsky, mm-hmm. uh, however <laughs> you say his name. Um, and there's, you can tell that he's not directed other stuff. There is some scenes that were shot in just like the coverage was, it was a little uh, weird to me. Yeah. You know, even being a a production film student that didn't end up doing production <laughs> as a career, <laughs> things that like I noticed, like some of the coverage he used for scenes, I was like, huh, I don't know about this. <laughs> like you could be a little more interesting with it or whatever. They're just like mistakes that were kind of noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there are moments that were super cool and, and well done and, and kind of like little cool things that that were added in or just of ways of approaching kind of the themes and stuff through the filmmaking that I thought yeah. was interesting because the, the way I describe it is that this guy isn't a good director, but he's, is a good storyteller. And I think this story, he definitely knew how we wanted to tell it. And I think it comes across. Yeah, I agree with that. The, I don't know. I think it, it was like a perfect adaptation of the book. And I remember feeling that way like at the time that it came out too mm. and it's cool to see like how well he was able to translate uh translate it over despite like not having any film experience i guess yeah. um do you have any examples of like scenes that you thought were really bad <laughs> oh, <laughs> really yeah well there is one specifically that it's where uh i guess charlie and sam are their names yeah yes they're sitting on like a stairs or something uh-huh. and they are flat they're like sitting next to each other like facing each other on a stair uh-huh. on a step and he uses a, a coverage setup of kind of over the shoulder shots except they're not really over the shoulder because they're right there yeah um and they're mid shots and it's it, it felt so jarring to me to cut <laughs> back and forth between that mm-hmm. um instead of just using a long medium with both of them like a two shot um because and i guess like without knowing the specific scene like you'd have to kind of watch it to see what i'm talking about um but it just felt really weird because i think that the medium two would be the way to do it and then you can cut to close-ups on their face which he did later that worked uh but it was just kind of jar there's just like little moments like that where where the the coverage was interesting Gotcha. That one stood out to me because it kind of was like, okay, this is really weird. <laughs> That's um, funny. Like not any continuity breaks or like really egregious kind of mistakes or anything. Just kind yeah. of, I don't know, bland or like just not 
quite there. But uh, I don't know if he if he didn't do anything before this, but this was definitely his first feature. Gotcha. Um, and it looks like he's directed a couple others since then. Well, that's cool. I'm pretty sure he only has one other book. And it's like a horror novel. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It, it kind of makes me wonder how um, autobiographical this is. I know. I was thinking about that, too. Because it, you know, the book came out in like 99, I think. And it, it feels like it's set maybe like early 90s or late 80s. Yeah. Um, I'm really not sure why it had such a resurgence in popularity when I was in high school. Maybe it's just because they like announced that they were going to make a movie out of it. Mm. That's cool though. Yeah. Cause I don't remember like the book being a thing necessarily around me as much. Interesting. Um, but yeah. Book. <laughs> you should give maybe it I'll read it. Yeah. Um, but I guess kind of maybe going back to the thing about the directors who adapt their own stuff. Uh-huh. I think that that, it, I mean, it makes sense that it works because you know what's essential and what's like to, to getting like the, the main story across, you know, what you want to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I agree that I think that, I mean, I haven't read the book, but it feels like a good adaptation because just like the way that um, some more like supporting characters are kind of balanced in this one and how it's written, I think is uh pretty well done because you know you you have um the stuff with the english teacher with paul rudd and then his siblings and stuff i think that they show up just enough to still be important and relevant characters but not you know taking too much away from charlie and his experience i guess totally but i thought that like that was balanced really well i thought Um, that too um but i I, was like paced really well too the because well no never mind i was going to talk about thinking that the book was paced kind of differently that like certain things came to light earlier but honestly it's been so long since i read it that that really might not be true it might just be like what sticks out in my memory you know Mm. i don't know um, I was going to say that I wanted to point out some of the things that I liked about the direction because there's some cool moments, just like the way that he handled like flashbacks um, and kind of um, Charlie's subjective experience. I did a whole presentation on this in one of my college classes. Uh, it was a humanities class about consciousness. Um, and I did a, a, a presentation looking at how you can kind of convey subjectivity um, and like consciousness states uh, mm-hmm. through film without using the silly POV <laughs> uh, <laughs> cam, I guess. Um, and I think that this one kind of did it in super interesting ways that you'd have, you know, a, a cutaway to like just a fragment of a flashback mm-hmm. um, where it's not, it, it didn't feel for the audience's sake, I guess. You, you have lots of flashbacks in this one and uh, it, it felt very much uh, like it's the character having these flashbacks instead of um, I guess like for the audience's sake, I'm drawing a blank on the word, but when they explain stuff, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, do you know what I'm talking about? No. 
when they explain stuff? Um, yeah, like background that you get. Um, it's a it's a movie when the in the movie explains stuff <laughs> about the about the the situation. Why can't I think of this word? Um, but yeah, it's it's not for those purposes. It it, it makes you feel a little bit of the character's subjectivity. Um, and it happens in a couple different contexts that are then kind of brought together towards the end and you get a more complete picture. Yeah. I thought that that was, was super well done and, and kind of, um, you know, the little jump cuts around when he's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of freaking out. Um, uh, that was, that was interesting. And, and something that I wouldn't say you necessarily wouldn't see with a more experienced director, but something that, that feels like it works for this specifically and not necessarily something that would be like part of uh, your toolkit exposition. Oh, <laughs> that's what it is. The flashbacks aren't for exposition purposes. They're to get the audience more in tune with the character's headspace. There we go. That's the point I was trying to make. Gotcha. Makes sense. So yeah, I don't know. I had a great time and my uh, respect for this movie kind of went up the, the longer I watched. And Yeah, I think I feel the same way. I think it did it did a really good job of what it needed to do. Mm. <laughs> I, I also think- felt like it was so perfectly cast. Um, when I was starting it again, Ezra Miller, who played Patrick is like a very problematic individual right now. And I don't actually know like any of the details of that, but I know that they're he's like, out of like, control. They're out of control. Like, like criminal levels. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say. I like thought that I remembered reading something about them, like kidnapping a person or something really crazy, but I don't know. Anyway, I was going into it. Like, I wonder if you're going to be able to tell this this is like not a good person or like are they a good actor are they good for this role um but i thought that it was great patrick that i think is such like a well-written character i've known so many people like patrick throughout my life like just young people with that type of like loud charisma and humor you know that's like would be irritating if it wasn't so genuinely funny i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and so genuinely kind and inviting also Mm -hmm. um and yeah yeah i thought that ezra miller like really nailed that uh, yeah the character not to like say nice things about Ezra. (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay uh, yeah i think i agree yeah i thought that logan lehrman also did a really great job of being uh, very awkward or <laughs> mm. yeah, young person. In a, yeah, in like a believable way mm-hmm. that didn't mm-hmm. feel like just being cringy, just kind of a because yeah. I feel like that was that was me like, in high school. <laughs> you know, like it, it took me a while to kind of figure out, you know, what what uh, what I'm all about and what the totally. But the, this is the second movie this month we've watched with Logan Lerman in it. Really. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was the son in Bullet Train. I was so surprised. Oh my god, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he's in it for such a short time. I didn't realize that was him until I saw his name on the on something after, and I was like, "Who did he play?" <laughs> I looked, and I was like, "Oh, I guess I'm." Yeah, there you go. I hope he keeps doing more stuff. I like him, and I feel like he's not in that much stuff. Yeah, he was in a. 
uh, series. I don't know if it was like a mini series or was supposed to be a longer show, but mm. uh, it was called like Hunters or something. It was a prime thing with Al Pacino where they hunt Nazis. Al Pacino. Yeah. Cool. Did you watch it? No, but I was interested in it and I might eventually. Yeah, I'm interested now too. I, I'm going to look up what it's called. It's like Hunters or something like that. Interesting. But uh, that was the thing that I most recently saw an ad for. And it was a while ago now But uh, <laughs> that he was in. And I was like, yo. Yeah, Hunters, uh, a 2020 uh, Prime series. Hmm. Okay, cool. In 1977, New York City, a troubled Jewish man bent on revenge is taken in by a secret group of Nazi hunters fighting a clandestine war against the cabal of high-ranking Nazi officials in hiding who worked to create the Fourth Reich. Intense. I don't know what the tone of this yeah. is supposed to be. I don't know if this is serious <laughs> or goofy based on the description. Mm. I hope it's a little goofy. kind of hope that too. And I'm intrigued. Maybe I will check that out. But uh, Oh, and it looks like there is a, a, a second season. So there you cool. have it. I guess it couldn't have been that bad. Interesting. Anyways. Um, yeah, I thought the main cast uh, did a great job. Uh-huh. I kind of thought that Emma Watson came off as too old to be in high school, but I tried my best to just let that go. Yeah. I, I mean, especially a, a, an actor like that, that you have seen grow up yeah, throughout the Harry yeah. Potter stuff. It's like, cause I think this was either around the end of Harry Potter or after it had finished. Mm-hmm. And that's literally the framework of Harry Potter is that there's a movie for each year. So after yeah. <laughs> the seven, well, I guess there's eight movies, but the seven years you are then done with high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a fair point, but also, I don't know. I think it it didn't, it wasn't a problem for this. I think yeah. just kind of based on the setup of like how the characters were. Yeah. yeah. For the most part. But yeah, yeah, I just kind of see what you mean. Yeah. Um, I think that it dealt with, with trauma in this one in a pretty delicate way that also wasn't manipulative mm-hmm. for how big of a theme it was or like yeah. topic yeah. it was um because yeah it's kind of like we were talking about last week um where just make things don't be manipulative about serious stuff like that because it just feels right. very fakey um, yeah. and i actually think this one did a good job uh of that i uh, i really agree and i also feel like it was a really accurate portrayal of having like PTSD I guess like Mm. having those sort of flashbacks and uh, repressed memories around some things that happened but also having like triggers I guess Um, not being able to get get away from it yeah yeah and having a lot of you know really complicated feelings towards what happened like a lot of what Charlie expresses feeling is like guilt over uh, his aunt's death and everything. Um, yeah, I thought that they did it really, really well and really just authentically, I guess. Mm. It couldn't be quite as oblique as nobody knows. 
but as, as for like because you still are telling a, a movie with the with the story i guess yeah <laughs> not a, it can't be as art art housey um, yeah <laughs> but i think as far as like a, as a popular movie goes i think it did a good job I thought and so uh and and i liked how it never blew up of of charlie having to like articulate what mm-hmm. he has going on because i think that would have felt really really disingenuine i agree um, and i guess that's another thing where where the the um author director guy mm-hmm. steven mm-hmm. steve-o um <laughs> you know had the delicacy like knew how to how to do that because it, it, it adapted from a novel you, you don't have that that moment as much in novels yeah so, yeah so i think that, that was definitely a, a good thing and it would have more more just that it would have felt really bad if if it did kind of yeah i agree but i also i like that you see him getting professional help <laughs> like mm-hmm. i guess i don't know i think it's a, it like really balances the situation very well where you don't have to get into these like two personal of moments or like yeah you don't have to hear him attempt to articulate it um but you see that he is like getting what he needs like he's got this like genuine support system and stuff and he's able to like address what's going on with him in in like one way or another like you as the audience get that kind of like reassurance yeah is processing it even though you're not like witnessing the nitty-gritty of that i thought Mm -hmm. that was great yeah i think something another thing that this did super well about um was the montages the placement of the montages and like Mm -hmm. the through the letters that he was writing Uh to kind of move things along without having to get bogged down in, in details that weren't important. Yeah. Like move to kind of the next phase without really setting out clear, distinct chapters, but Mm -hmm. still moving things along. Uh, And I think that was Mm -hmm. a really good way to tell the story of a, of a full year and not have it feel like it's just cutting out a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, Cause you still get the sense of, of of things happening. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. It was just better than I expected it to be. Yeah. I I, uh, have a lot of respect for this one after watching it again. Yeah, me Um, too. Do we have anything else we wanted to say about it? Um, I don't think that I do. Any big points? Um, Cool. Do you have a rating for this one? Uh, I think I'll probably give it a 7 out of 10. Mm. What about you? I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. Nice. I think, uh, and this is like a curious thing. I, I wonder, you know, watching it now, I have the experience of being like, okay, I remember seeing this when I was younger and having it affect me in a different way because I was looking forward in time and now I'm looking back in yeah. time. Um, yeah. And I wonder like if, if someone's seeing it as an adult for the first time, uh-huh. if it would feel as nice uh and nostalgic <laughs> no not nostalgic isn't quite the right word but like make you think of of life in high school mm. um or if it's something that that the the prerequisite is is watching this in high school or not but uh, uh-huh. i don't know i i was really um impressed with how it kind of handled things and it, mm-hmm. and it felt like a very uh i don't know i got on board with it by the end yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a solid eight out of ten for me. Nice. And uh, I'm curious to anyone who hasn't seen it, 
who is an adult. I don't think there's too many high schoolers in our demographic listening. Uh, <laughs> but I'm curious, like anyone haven't seen it, if you go check it out and watch it, tell us your thoughts. Yeah, please. I would love to hear them. Put it in the mailbag. We have our mailbag. I'm going to link it in each episode in the description. And also that's now where our website goes to whenever we have a cool. website listed. Um, nice. So just say whatever in there. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll talk about it. Unless you are like saying awful things, then we won't talk about it. We'll ignore it. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, awful things isn't constructive criticism. Say whatever. You know, it can be like uh, just thoughts on the show, uh, questions for us, input based on what we have said. Totally. But yeah. So maybe maybe there's there'll be little stuff we can ask uh, yeah. you guys in each episode somewhere but uh, oh, that'd be fun yeah but we want to hear your thoughts about this one because i think this is it's very curious um mm-hmm. and uh yeah definitely impressed by it and liked it on on the rewatch a lot better than i was expecting as well yeah 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 i'm glad that we both had like a good experience with it it was cool it was a successful uh rewatch week mm-hmm Let's do this again in the future. Okay. Would you recommend this one? Yeah, I really would. Especially, yeah, if you're young. <laughs> it's really kind of impactful. Cool. Um, are you good for wrap-up next week? Sure. I think that'd be cool. What are we thinking about the next book club for Jude the Obscure? I don't know. When do you want to do it? I'm about a third of the way through it. And okay. I'll be working on the on the wall and tutoring gotcha. for a lot of the time. Um, cool. So maybe I'm thinking like- maybe the second or third week of June. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, should work out. I can get chugging along quicker on it. I've been reading my Spain book a lot, but I can oh, really? kind of switch gears. That's awesome. Um, I don't know how much I like Thomas Hardy. He's kind of... For me, th- this one is a lot harder to read than Weathering Heights was. Oh, really? For some reason, Weathering Heights had me turn in them pages. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, we'll sense. talk about that when we get yeah. to it. But yeah, let's shoot for like the second or third week of June, I think would be a good okay. Sounds good. A good thing. Cool. And uh, we'll start watching our PTA movies. I think that'll be really fun. I think so too. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I gotta check how many I have left. I think let's try to do that in the middle towards end of July. Okay. I want to do it before August because that's when I'm gonna be getting ready to leave for Sounds good. Speed. At the beginning of July, I have to get my appendix taken out. Mm. And then I will be out for two weeks. So I can watch a lot of movies. All right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> cool. So we'll have our uh wrap up next week for may yay it'll be cool i'm i don't know how much i have to talk about but wrap-ups are always fun i agree um ooh, i don't have an album yet so i'm gonna ask you if you have an okay. album to recommend for this week while i frantically search i do and i believe i've recommended it before mm. um but it's physical graffiti by led zeppelin an album that i love so dearly one of my 
one of my favorite Led Zeppelin albums, if not my just favorite Led Zeppelin album. It might be. I love it so much. And I've been thinking about it a lot this week because I was driving around. It's like finally really warm and really yeah. sunny up here. Spring so is around, strong. Yeah. Sure. With like my windows down listening to like one of my more upbeat playlists and Boogie with Stu came on, which is off of this album. And I was like, this is just the best song ever made. It is so much fun to listen to, especially this time of year. Um, yeah. I love physical graffiti. I feel like it doesn't get the love that it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really good. That's the one with like the building, right? Yeah. Is it a double album? Um, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, actually, I guess it is. I guess on Spotify, it doesn't really like say, but it is just very long. So mm. I guess it is a double. Maybe so, yeah. But I'm also looking at the deluxe edition. So oh. is <laughs> research, more research to be done. Okay. <laughs> um, I did remember, realize that I decided what my album would be way earlier in the week. Because I dubbed May Vampire Month for my music oh, yeah. recommendations. Oh my god, I forgot to listen After to the Vampire Playlist again. Oh my, you promised you. I know, I can't time. believe how forgetful I'm, I've been. <laughs> Jeez, okay, anyway, go ahead. Um, but yeah, so the Vampire Mix, I did uh, Passive with Desire last week. Nice. Um, this week I gotta recommend an album from the vamp himself, Playboy Cardi. <laughs> so I'm going to go for a whole lot of red by Playboy Cardi. Nice. I'm a big fan and I'm not really sure why, like if you know most of the music and like rap music that I listen to, mm -hmm. people are surprised that I like Playboy Cardi so much, Yeah. but uh, I don't know. He just had, there's something very charismatic about his presence and, and <laughs> style that I just can't help but be a big fan of. Yeah. A uh, whole lot of red is his newest album, I guess. But um, yeah, nice. His fans are called Vamps for one reason or another. That's cool. And he's just—he's a vamp. Love it. Uh, so yeah, go go give that one a listen if you haven't heard of it, and if you have, even if you have, listen to it anyways. Uh, nice. yeah. Ta-da! I Ta think that's all we got for this time around. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening, one and all. Um, go tell us what you thought about Perks of Being a Wallflower. If you've yeah. seen it, if you haven't, if you've read the book. Uh, I'm just, I'm really curious about this one, just as far as um, people's different experiences with it. Totally. I am Text too. and film and mm -hmm. what all, what not. Uh, yeah, and then we're going to start watching our PTA movies for our director tier list, which will happen eventually. And uh, yeah. Sweet. Next Thanks week is everyone. wrap up. See you then. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next week. Do great things this week. We believe in you. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs>